Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. Syracuse floundered on offense in the final minutes of their uh, in their four-game win streak comes to an end. Unfortunately, losing in Blacksburg 71-59. to They fall to 13-12, 7-7 in the ACC. You'll hear from us and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. The Orange will get a much-needed week off and get to time to prepare for Boston College for the second time this year as they travel to the Dome on Saturday. Game is set to tip off at noon. TV will be ESPNU as of now. And, you know, we just did the preview a week ago. So we will uh, we'll just give a brief synopsis, and then we'll give you our always, always accurate picks before signing off today on yeah. the Boston College game, okay? I was partially right. I had Virginia's score down, by the way. Pegged it. I just was off on Syracuse's score, which was disappointing. Measly 59 points. So... After averaging mm. 78 coming into the game, so 19 below. And, um, you know, it is what it is. We'll talk about it. All right, Joe? But it is lacrosse season, too. Mm. And, you know, you get the jokes. We know the jokes, and that's fine. But Syracuse did trounce Holy Cross 28-5, to so for what it's worth. I guess that's a good start to Gates' uh, tenure. Yeah, and right before we came out, I said, I feel like the glory years are going to come back. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but I feel like um, Syracuse lacrosse, I feel like Gates is going to put Syracuse lacrosse back front and center on the map. They've always been on the map, right? Right. But let's bring them front and center as as the force. And that's how it was when I was growing up. And I feel like he's the man to do it. Uh, Perfect guy for the job. So, yeah, starting uh, off uh, 12th in the country. So not a bad little uh, twenty-eight points. Twenty-eight. I know that's a ton of points. And uh, Syracuse's women lacrosse team is ranked third starting the season, and they just beat number thirteen Stanford to open the season twelve and and nine. So they're on the cover of U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, which my son gets because he's in the. um, He's got to be a member of something to play in the club. So it's still club sports here in Virginia Beach until next mm-hmm. year. It won't be club sports any, uh, anymore starting next year. So they get to play in, you know, sanctioned um, city school league. 
Um, so he's got to be a member of all this stuff. Well, they were on the cover of the magazine this month, so that's pretty awesome to see number three Syracuse women's team on the cover of that thing. So um, really neat. And, um, yeah. y- you know, it'll be a fun spring watching Syracuse lacrosse. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. So. Yep. Um, all right. Let's hear from Coach and see what he had to say immediately following the Virginia Tech loss. Uh, you know, our game plan was trying to get to the shooters early. We didn't. The tour got loose. But, you know, then we adjusted and did a good job, forced them to go inside, make some plays there. Frank did a monster job there, rebounding. I know that we tried on offense. Our game plan was drive, get to the foul line, and uh, they didn't call any. So what can I say? 21 free throws to four. There's no way to account for that. But uh, I thought we played with a lot of heart. Uh, six minutes to go, we're one point ahead. Um, we missed, we got some good looks. We have four or five pretty good looks from the three-point line and, and didn't make them. You have to make those our offense. Just let us down. I thought offensively, uh, you know, we could limit them a little bit offensively, and we did, but we weren't able to capitalize on the offensive end. And uh, well, I thought we got some good looks. You know, I thought Cole and Jimmy got some really good looks um, and, uh, you know, didn't go down. But our defense was really good. They're shooting something in the 41 or 42% range from the three-point line. And they shot 28 or 9. So we, we got the job done there. You know, he's not going to score a lot, but he sets good screens. He moves without the ball. And uh, his defense was good. He rebounded the ball. That's what he has to do. And he did a tremendous job there. Yeah, we did a little bit different. We stayed we're a little bit more spread out than we would normally be. But that's because of their three-point shooting. It wasn't because of Jesse. Uh, not being here. They doubled and everybody's been doubling, but when Jesse's in there, he can catch it and make a play and get to the basket better than uh, Frank can. That's That gives them the opportunity to double the, the, the ball screens. and So that's where we miss Jesse in that situation. But defensively, Frank was really good and he really rebounded well. We want him to try to do that. We didn't want them to shoot threes, so he was going to score. We had no, you know, there was no question he was going to score points. But I'm a lot happier with him shooting those twos than those guys shooting threes. The only way for us to win is to limit the threes. We can't let them shoot threes. So we expanded, which gives them the high post area, and we can win the game that way if our offense is a little better. Our offense wasn't a little better. You know, we, we, we gambled that we're going to take away the three. We, we started out wrong the first part of the game. We didn't do that. It was really bad defensive mistakes at our forward position. But after that, Couture's three, threes. After that, they were five for 24. And that's what we had to do to try to win the game. Uh, we're going to give up stuff in the high post. We'll give, we can give those up. But that was the best way to win the game without coming down here with a week without Jesse. Barama's feeling better, but he's not not ready. He needs to hopefully have a good week of practice, and he'll be better next week, I, I think. 
Well, the way we played, he would have been in the same situations, Frank. We were going to let the balls. If it gets in there every time, no, you can't. It's a two-on-one, basically, and because we can't come back to help, or he'll, they'll throw it out to the shooter. So we, the only way we could win the game was what I tried to tell you. Okay, that's the way we could win the game, and we could have. We're in a one-point one game with six minutes to go because we limited their three-point. The other side of that, we had to be a little bit better on offense than we were. And we won. Got it? Thank you. All right, the Coach Montage is brought to us today by Sports Drink. Um, it is your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and help you hate your favorite team. Uh, Rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org. Open Instagram and type in sports drink. That's spelled like sports drink without the vowels. They have some written content on their website, and I have mentioned before, they have plenty of NCAA websites along with our uh, podcast along with MLB, NBA, and NFL. So go check them out. Uh, next, a new sponsor to the show, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use. Talk to us and other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Uh, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Uh, you can share your own opinion and express your own ideas on the app itself. All you need to do is go download the ColorCast app free in iOS, App Store, or Android. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow us at Q's Militia to be notified when our room goes live. We'll be live. Maybe we'll do some of these games that we uh, do early in the basketball and football seasons that people have trouble watching maybe we'll do those because we already have the green room and you may be saying to yourself well sounds very similar to green room well guess what it is so that's why we will always continue to use the green room app i would not uh, make you download something uh, that contradicts what we've already been trying to build so uh but we will use this in certain situations and we'll let you know what those will be coming up and um so go yeah go there download the app color cast and there's lots of, it is a different platform and there's a lot of different people on there doing their own thing. So, and just like with the Green Room app, you can do your own thing as well. Just sign up, uh, download, sign up, and create a profile and you're good to go. Okay. Thank you. ColorCast and Sports Drinker. All right, Joe, starting at the top of this thing. Uh, obviously, when we talked last time, we did not know that Jesse had a broken wrist or a fractured wrist and was going to be out for the rest of the season. It is uh, very disappointing. We all were floored on Friday finding out the news. And obviously a huge part of this team and where this team is and the success of this team coming down the stretch. Uh, just tragic, really, for for the rest of the year. And, and I'm sure he feels terrible about it. And um, it's just one of those things that you just like think to yourself when I heard about it. It's like, can anything else go any worse? And the, and the answer is yes, it can, right? So wishing Jesse luck. Frank did a pretty damn good job filling in. The points weren't there, obviously. You know, Jesse, we lose 12 points with Jesse. Frank's, Frank's giving us 37 minutes and six points, but 15 rebounds and two blocks. That's not terrible. 
okay filling in, right? I mean, 15. Oh, no. 15. He was all over the boards, man. And he was, he was where he needed to be a lot of times, but he was also just the effort uh, for Frank Anselm on the boards was tremendous. And enough can't be said about that, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I Obviously, we look at the fact that he's not going to be able to score like Jesse Edwards, but... I mean, other than that, he, he's going to hold his own around the rebound, around the, you know, then then the basket as far as rebounding goes. You know, he's physical. The efforts there, uh, he cleans the boards up and goes up strong. So uh, when he was three of six, fifty percent. You know, the only thing, obviously, the free throws. You know, he went over two, and if he's going to be in there, you know, that's probably going to have to get a little bit better. I usually, you know, with Jesse, I always ask just for one. Just give me one. Uh, right, and and that's what I'm going to ask for from Frank as well from here on out uh, mm-hmm. if we ever do go to the free throw line again. But um, <laughs> you know, the only other thing we missed too is um, whether you know. I think that Jesse he covered the um, the baseline three point shots. You know, I, he's had multiple. I think every fan, if you've watched blocks. games, has seen Jesse do that. Right, he's had multiple blocks running out there to the to the baseline. Uh, to block those three point shots, at least, which I don't, at least he's big enough to be disruptive, right? If he doesn't block, yeah, yeah, and you know he's got the effort. He's fast, uh, and for him to you know go out there in the first time, I believe he's ever had this many minutes uh, and hang out, hang hang tough with with Aluma and Mutz down there and and get fifteen rebounds. Uh, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I saw. Yeah, really, actually optimistic. Uh, yeah, I, I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into like the game plan and stuff here in a second. But yeah, I'm a little, I, I took a little bit of my worries away. Now, the the question is, and the question always is, is he going to be able to continue this, right? So, did a good job. But when it comes to rebounding, a lot of it's effort, man. And he, and he, and he had it in, in, he was there and he was disruptive and he did it. He did yep. a good job with that. So yeah, he doesn't, and he's not as tall and lengthy right. as, we miss as that. Jesse, but uh, he looks like he seems to have stronger hands. Well, he, I mean, he, had, he got the ball and he wasn't dropping him. He wasn't letting it go. Um, and you know, last night he's stronger I mean, than Jesse. I think he's stronger than Jesse. I think he is too. Uh, obviously we started relying on Jesse to get some points out there so that it wasn't always on our shooters. Um, so again, it's a lot's going to be placed on onto their shoulders to, hit the offensive end. But as far as defense rebounding, all that, I don't see a huge gap between Jesse Edwards and Anselm as far as, you know, the rebounding and defense wise goes. Um, other than, the, you know, what, what I talked about with covering the three pointers, but it's, it's offense is where you see a little bit of the difference, but even, you know, getting six points off three or six shooting a couple putback dunks. I'm happy. Oh, that's something to adjust to for sure. I mean, Jesse, we we've been talking lately about Jesse's ability f- to, um, you know, with the pick and roll and setting the screens and all of that stuff. And he's oh, yeah. just he's just in his zone with that stuff. And we're gonna miss we're gonna miss a little bit of that. Absolutely. Well, and he was getting good at kicking out to open shooters when people came down and doubled off of right. that as well. Exactly. So, and I Frank's mean, not no. used to that. He's just he's getting mauled. He's, he's yeah, and he's still trying to figure it out, right? So yeah. again, it, it's unfortunate in the fact that on the offensive end, it looked like we were really starting to click, moving the ball around. Our assist numbers were really good. Jesse was passing and finishing and, and, and picking and rolling and all that and doing everything well. Um, and, and now it's like we have to kind of relearn that with Frank yes. and, and see what he can do. With six games left yeah. uh, in the regular season. So the, the, the foul shot disparity, dude, 21 mm. to four. 
You heard coach mention it. It was my, it was, it was a, this, uh, we, <laughs> dude, we have never complained about refs this many times in a season. In fact, you and I have had conversations before this year off the air talking about how we weren't even going to bring some of the refereeing stuff up. And I just feel like there's no way, there's no way. First of all, <laughs> okay, the, 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 the Joe, Girard, Joe Girard charge when he was trying to drive up above the three-point line and he got cut off and two men fell as a block, okay? He gets, he gets called for the charge. Like a couple, well, it was a, a little while later, but um, I think it was Buddy was trying to do the same thing um, on defense and he cut a guy off, and it should have been a block, and it was called a block, but it was the same exact play called two different ways, except for the guys didn't hit the floor. And the amount of, of clo- the stuff at the rim with guys getting hacked, there was one at the end, I think it was Frankie, he had three guys on him, his arm got hit, you could see it in the replay, you could see it in real time, no foul. He lands on the ground, okay? No foul. Like, what horse shit. <laughs> Is that? I know. Seriously. I, saw, I know that Buddy got fouled a couple of times too. Absolutely. So. I mean, and when you look at it, the foul disparity was eighteen to nine. Like, there's no way that we, you know, committed half double, double. The fouls. Yeah. That Virginia Tech did, and the problem with that is, is that when things like that happen, then everything kind of just you know shit rolls downhill, right? Because then that has a lot to do with. I mean, we lost the turnover battle eleven to four, yeah. and yeah, part they, of that yeah. is, is some of those turnovers we got fouled. And they were just—they weren't called. And what does that turn into? Well, that turns into fast break points and points off of turnovers, right? So, I mean, Virginia Tech's points off of turnovers uh, was—I think they—they they won that seventeen to two because they only had four turnovers. So, you know, they score fifteen more points than we do off turnovers, and then they get seventeen more 17 free more throws. Seventeen more on free throws. Us. Well, well, one sixteen <sighs> more on free throws. The difference, yeah. We had, so, we had I mean, one had realistically, seen. when you look at it, it's 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 just everything kind of just all that goes down to that. I mean, whether or not they were just calling a bunch of fouls that on us that weren't or they weren't. I, I mean, again, it's not always going to be even, but there was it was pretty blatant yesterday. And again, albeit all that still, we were pretty much just a Cole Swider shooting the way that he normally does. To, to win this game. I mean, we were in there and, you know, we had a what, five minute stretch, six and a half minute stretch. Or f- I think it was a six minute stretch where we didn't score no any points at the end of the game. I mean, we were tied 54 54 with six something to go. 17 to five run for Virginia Tech at the, with after 653 left. Yep. And we were co- coming back. They, they, they went up 10. One for eleven early from three. The, they were up seven early in the first five minutes, and then they were up ten going into halftime. And then we just clawed our way back, clawed our way back, and ended up tying it with a six fifty to go, something like that, um, just to not score for the next five and a half minutes. And a lot of that was that thirteen zero run there, where we had uh, gotten turned over, where they didn't call, I thought, a foul, and um, you know, it was just overall. It was just bad there at the end, and I just hate. We always talk about it because we talk about the calls. Well, but we well we try not to blame the refs, right? But the, the, last night was tough. Last night was tough, and even my wife said it. And she's you know not exactly, uh, you know she just uh, watches the game. She doesn't know much. 
And she, even she was like, this is kind of ridiculous. So, uh, and it wasn't just the fouls either. I mean, and look, but I did notice calls both ways that that disparaged both teams. There were some bad teams. calls, especially yeah. balls going out of bounds off of who. Well, well, Justin Mutz got to lobby the refs, and they changed the call after his lobbying of them, which is complete crap. Like he was a little, he was a little, <laughs> and then he acceptance. celebrated it. Like, yeah, I just, I just overturned that call. Thank you, refs. And then he celebrated it. It, it was very obnoxious to 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 watch, and. Uh, the ball clearly went off his foot. I mean, you could. I rewound it three times and watched it, and the trajectory of it just goes right off the side of his foot, out of bounds. So, I mean, whatever. Well, plus, plus, we're not inside two minutes. I mean, we're changing calls. We're, I mean, <laughs> but there was but one you know that what, went. What? It just doesn't surprise me when, I, I, when Ted Valentine's crew's out there. When it's Valentine's crew, like, I mean, I almost. And I'm not making I excuses, like, but that was I'm, tough. No, no, no. But I mean, I always look at it like. Like, well, we're in for it. We're it in sucks. for it. You want to win? You want to? If anyone's in a betting, but against Syracuse with Ted Valentine, rest yeah. the game. Yeah, uh, we kind of covered. Uh, Frank did a great job. Uh, just going down the list of the montage here. Um, you heard coach's game plan when he was mentioning, you know, about and we we hit on it a little bit. Joe mentioned about him getting double teamed down there. He just doesn't know what to do yet. And uh, Jesse was just much better there. Height advantage was is definitely huge on on that end of thing. Um, on that end of things, I should say. Um, they were one point ahead with six minutes to go. We mentioned we kind of covered that the seventeen to five run killed them. At they they fell apart at both the ends of both of the halves. Um, after clawing their way back and really really making this thing not only within reach, but totally realistic that they could have pulled this thing off if they, if their offense have held together. So, um, yeah. you know, Virginia tech came into the game shooting 41 over 41%, 41 and some change from three. And what coach decided to do was let Mutz have a day and stop them from shooting. Couture came out, hit three, three in three in a row. Okay. He hit, yeah. he hit nine. We talked about it with geo. Uh, he hit nine against Florida state. You're thinking, dude, we're two minutes into this game. He's hit three threes. This is going to be ugly. But they held them to uh, 29%, 30% from three, eight for 27. You heard coach, they went five for 24 after those three first uh, couture threes. And they did a good job with that. The, the difference today was they couldn't, they couldn't score when they needed to. And there was a lot of open looks that didn't fall. Um, I kind of was a little bit, I was a little bit um, critical of Buddy down the stretch. And Joe, Joe was like, you know, well, you know, Joe, you tell him. I felt like Buddy was trying to do everything himself, right? Nobody was really having a day for Syracuse. Cole was cold. We talked about, uh, we had a fan feedback comment that was talking and went, someone went back and looked at the games where he's finishing with 11 points or more, which dramatically increases our wins. Cole has got to do better. He, he, had, he had eight points, and he was 0 for 5 from 3. If he's not hitting threes and scoring points, we're in, we're in struggle mode, and that's when Buddy takes over. A lot of times Buddy can pull that off, Joe, but he just couldn't. He just no, couldn't do anything. And, and that's, again, this is going to be the, the problem we're going to have with this gap uh, offensively between Anselm and... 
uh, Jesse, Jesse Edwards. Remember back early in the season, we were still trying to figure it out, right? Remember, and Jesse yeah. Edwards is still trying to figure out the pick and roll. And every time that Buddy or Joe would do it, they would double team off of him. Yes. And then they would have to pass it to Jesse. Then Jesse wouldn't know what to do. And, and he'd drop well, the ball or something stupid. It was something crazy, right? Yeah. So they were allowed to double. Well, we fixed that. They, they learned how to, you know, Jesse learned what to do and get the ball and make the right passes, the right plays. And that's, I think, why you've seen our offense start to, you know, be a lot better before this game, before Jesse's injury, because we were all kind of flowing. Jesse knew what to do. Their shooters were getting open, He's moving without the ball. much more right. comfortable and confident in what he was doing when he was double teamed down team, low. Right. And teams couldn't double Joe or Buddy off of those pick and rolls anymore. Right. So it completely changed our offense. Well, yes. now let's go back to square one, because now it's going to have to be a situation where they're going to be doubling Joe and Buddy, and they're going to be coming over top the screen, and they're going to make them pass it to Frank, and Frank's going to have to make a play or figure something out. And so now it's like, you know, kind of two steps back on the offensive end, and we're going to have to rely more on the shooters. And when you have a night like this where Cole struggles and Jimmy Banheim has a minute stretch where he hits two threes, and that's all he pretty much gives you for the rest of the game, uh, then, yeah, it's going to be a problem, especially against a team as talented as Virginia Tech on the road. You know, I went to bed last night. Before I went to bed, I said my prayers. I prayed that Benny Williams is going to score a freaking field goal. And um, I had an opportunity to slam one down. Couldn't do it. Uh, you know, Joe, Jimmy struggled mightily. Now, this is a point you've made before. You, you, you made it to me earlier in the day, which is like we just relive our conversations from earlier in the day, which is why we don't usually do it, but a frustrating loss. So... Uh, I had to get some yeah. things off my chest, and we ended up talking about Jimmy's struggle and what he hasn't become compared to where he started and the possibility of giving Benny more than three minutes even though he goes 0-for-1 on an alley-oop. I mean, not... Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> right? I'm just saying, I think I think a lot of people, I, including me, I, I kind of assumed that by this time... Of the season, Benny Williams wouldn't have been able to surpass Jim Jimmy Beheim. Maybe, maybe not in the starting lineup, but at least in minutes played. Um, I think that Jimmy uh, surprised a lot of people. I think he surprised the opponents that we played in our league. I think he surprised the fans how good he came out and some of the things and skills that he showed. And he's but, the second leading scorer on the team. To be fair, he is the second leading scorer on the team, and he has contributed quite a bit. Just to play um, devil's yeah, I'm not here. saying that he doesn't contribute. I, I, I I'm know. Just I'm saying, just just so people, so I don't get hate mail. Okay. Right, but it just, as as the season has gone on, um, you don't know if it's the league, if it's the side, or whatever. But as far as offensively, uh, there's been some things that, you know, once you have a certain amount of tape on somebody, and you can, you know. But, Look at some tape and figure out how to play somebody right. on defense. Um, you can tell. I mean, Jimmy, he's a little. I mean, he can hit the open three. Not great at free throw shooting, and we know when he drives, he likes to use his right hand. So now that means defenders know where they can – I mean, when you know where a player is going to shoot it from or what he's going to shoot it with, then you allow them to get to certain spots that benefit you, not them. Uh, so they're only the, – the, the defense is only allowing Jimmy to go certain places that is not comfortable for him, and you can see it. And, and it's just one of those situations where as the season's going on, I don't know if it's, again, just the drag of the 35-plus minutes, and he's doing all that he can – but, I mean, those guys need help out there. Cole was playing 40 minutes, uh, and then he's sitting there trying to wheel the team back with, with jumpers with, you know, 
He was most backing guy. He was trying. Legs, how many times did Cole back guys down and miss a shot? Uh, I mean, yesterday, he missed some gimmies. It was just a bad. Yeah. It was just, you know, Jimmy missed a little layup. I mean, there was everything kind of seemed to go wrong, you know. And on top of the fact that there was a discrepancy of free throws and fouls, you know, we missed some little chippies that we normally would would miss too. So, again, um, Simeer- first game without Jesse, you know. I know, yeah, and it was not the best situation going into a packed house in, in, in Blacksburg and having to play Virginia Tech, and, you know, that place is rocking. Uh, by the way, uh, I stand corrected. After yes, last night's game, Joe Girard's second in scoring on the team. So 13.7, and Jimmy is 13.2 points a game. So whatever, uh, just to be clear. But he was, they were, he was, it was, it was both the Bayheim brothers at the top of that the last time I had checked. So, um, and, and Cole not far behind Jimmy with 13. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Jesse uh, contributing an average of 12 points a game. So, uh, all right, one more thing real quick. Coach mentioned Sidibe, you know, looking for a good week of practice. But, I mean, here we are, Joe, coming down to the final six games of the season. I just don't see the switch being flipped this late with Sidibe. Uh, you know, maybe there's a chance he becomes a contributor to some – more of a contributor uh, to some extent. But I just don't see that being the difference. But, man, if he was healthy, that would be the answer that we would need. And obviously late in the season still be tough, but he would have gotten the minutes earlier in the season if he was healthy. And, you know, this wouldn't be a terrible uh, situation. You know, it would be a better situation rather than figuring it out this late in the year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, a good week of practice. I mean, I don't know if he didn't have a good week of practice last week and he only got three minutes in this game, then yeah, I mean, I just, what's the difference? I mean, how hey, is look, how is that going to make? I mean, where? I mean, how all of a sudden is that going to change? It's not. He's not going to come out and, and hit the starting lineup over Anselm. Anselm's going to be the starter. Yeah, now, well, that's fine. Not, whether or not right. he can come in and actually give give some 10, quality minutes, fifteen minutes, minutes yes. quality minutes. I mean, look, this is his swan song, man. He's got to. I mean, go out there and just play physical. Do what you got to do. I mean, come on. The guy hasn't played since COVID started. So can we just <laughs> no, like it's crazy? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, that's how long going on it's two been. years. He's, he's yeah. So Anselm's got the. I mean, he's young. He's got the fresh legs. He's gonna be the one out there. But heart, I'm heart. The whole team showed heart last night. By the way, they tried to the bitter end to the point where I was like, just run the clock out and stop. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and if you look at that box score, I mean, it's not. If you don't show me those the points, you keep the points off there and the whole field goals, but you look at three point field and the free throws with all the stats and everything, I'd have assumed that they would have beat us by more than twelve. To be perfectly honest with you, you look at that turnover differential with the with the foul differential and the free throw differential, then I would have assumed that we'd have lost by more than twelve. So um, they gave it a go, but first game out um, out without uh, Jesse at a tough road game with the, with the team that's that's probably the hottest team in in the ACC at this point, who's trying to fight back to a uh, NCAA uh, tournament berth. Uh, that, that was a, a great effort. Yeah. Uh, rebounds were a wash, 41 to 41. Just a ton of rebounds in that game. So, um, Okay. That is going to do it for us. It is now time to hear from you. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. Uh, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I ask for your thoughts on the game. You leave them. I read them. I pick some of them. We talk about them here. Fan feedback today is brought to us by who? Well, Colorcast. I had already talked to you about Colorcast once. We're going to do it again. It is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Uh, it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And, you know, it would be like if I had the time, Joe, to do a 10-minute post-game at the end of every game would be pretty sweet to do. But you and I, I don't think we would. You know, it'd be nice to do it once in a while, but. It's a difficult thing. That's that's dedication right there. We're just clearly not that dedicated to this. Uh, all you need to do <laughs> is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS or Android store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow us at Cuse Militia. We are signed up there to be notified when the room goes live. Like I said earlier, we will try to go live for special occasions and things like that. The uh, Spotify green room will always be set aside for the podcast itself and live things for the podcast look if you don't feel like signing up for color yeah, these guys already got me to sign up for for spotify green room geez how many apps do i need look i hear you Just, you do you you do you they, they give me this i gotta read it i don't know what to tell you so all right go there download that if you prefer Remember, it's a different platform. There's other things on there. So if that's your thing, you like the green room. This is just another. It's like going from Facebook to Twitter. Same type of same type of thing. Um, that's the best way I could put it. So uh, go there, check it out if you would like. Thank you, Color Cast. Okay, Joe, let's start with some of this fan. So you're feedback. saying that they're both shit? No, the Spotify green room is is good. No, we enjoy that, right? We enjoy that. I, fact, I don't think you used the greatest analogy. That's all. I get, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, and and but you, I'm just talking about format wise because I just because I got to be honest, and I'm just I'm just because I'm always honest with you guys. I'm I'm not always honest with Joe, but I'm always honest with everybody listening. Uh, the Colorcast app and green room are almost the same exact thing, and it's a bit frustrating after we push one of those being Spotify green room for months and I enjoy it and get used to the format of it. And, um, I like being on it and it works flawlessly on my end. And then I got to talk about color cast. You mean kind of like talking about three different betting apps? Yeah, but that's a little different though. 
Because if you're a real betting guy, like, that doesn't bother you. Like, I know people that try them all, and they're like, you know, they just like what they like. But it's, it's a little frustrating. So I, I just want to be clear that I realized that. And you guys, I would rather have you on the green room app. No one's listening. They don't know. Okay, let's. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just being honest. Uh, all right, let's start here, Joe. Uh, let me see. Let's go to our oh, our good buddy, Mahir. Uh, Mahirio underscore ten on Twitter. I never want to knock Buddy, but there were some times when he tried to do too much. Frank was terrific, though. He played well. Gerard played well too. Refs kind of ruined it, but it was a good game. Really, really missed Jesse out there. Yeah, the refs kind of ruined it. It's like saying it's like saying Joe's pretty good. The refs the refs made that game so unwatchable at times, uh, and we won't. It was tough. We, it was tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to Mahir's point, I mean, I'm right there with everybody who said Buddy was trying to do too much. I mean, give someone else a shot. You still have yeah. Joe there. I know Joe. I know your thoughts on it. But it, I mean, to the naked eye watching that game, watching Buddy miss shots over and over and over again, is very frustrating as a fan. I get it, but when no one else is stepping up and making shots and you're trying to win the game, uh, I mean, I think that he Buddy is, Buddy's he, proven that he has no problem passing the ball out to open players and stuff like that. He's not just for himself, but sometimes he is when he gets that sense of urgency and there's not other players making shots. So He led all scores with, with 21, I mean, to be fair. Oh, and he was missing early, and then he just he had a streak where he just went on fire, and that, that that's some of the things that he can do. So when nobody else is hitting, I'd rather that than than anything else. But yeah, the refs definitely didn't make it um, any easier on us for sure. So I'm not going to say that they lost the game for us, but no, it was it, they hamstrung they hamstrung us for sure. Yeah, it definitely it was definitely a handicap, you know. Uh, at turf on fire, team is so one dimensional. Without Jesse, live and die by the three. Teams will figure it out and will guard the perimeter like they did at the end. Samir, Benny, and Brahma need to get more minutes for upcoming stretch or guys will run out of steam like today. Uh, look, I think as an optimist, which you have to be if you do a podcast. There's no, like I've mentioned before, there's there, who wants to come to a podcast that's just is completely negative all the time. To be a little optimistic, I think Frank will get better. It's just will it ha- how quick will it happen? Uh, did anybody expect him to grab 15 rebounds last night? I didn't. I expected no. it I expected that to be way worse than it was, than it ended up being. Yeah. And if and if and if a team's going to do it, Virginia Tech would be a pretty damn good one to do it. it, it right? Yeah, I mean, and I thought he was going to be in more foul trouble than that. I didn't think he was even going to be able to play 36 minutes. I thought Sidibe would have to play. I thought that there was going to be – I mean, there wasn't even a point where they put Jimmy in there in the middle. Right, exactly. Good point. I didn't even <laughs> think about that, but you're right. And we've seen that, and it's it's bad. So, we've seen that with Jesse. Y- yeah, absolutely. So I, I they, they're somewhat one-dimensional. They had a hard time. They missed a lot of the bunnies, and I think I'm praying that that will get better. And um, hopefully he can replicate some of Jesse's moves. He just doesn't have the size, but he is stronger. And I think that that benefits him. And he should, you know, just he's stronger with the ball. And so I'm hoping that, you know, to get in there and draw fouls and at least get shoot 50%, it's kind of like would be a goal. Well, you know what, though, too? 
because I think this is just one of those things where, and we're going to have to wait because, you know, obviously one, one sample size, but this, this goes back to all the fans that talk about, well, this person needs to get more playing time, or they need to give this person a chance, or they need to do this, you know, and like sometimes it's not always the fact, like not always you play, like if you're really good in practice, that always doesn't translate into games and vice versa. You know, so was yesterday just a matter of like a like proof that if you just give somebody some more minutes and give them the freedom that they can actually prove you wrong or play a little bit better? Just being devil's advocate here, you know? Right. Because all those guys that talk about will play Benny 15, 20 minutes or, you know, things like that. Right. Uh, and I don't think anybody saw this coming from Frank and everyone thought that Jesse was leaps and bounds but then he comes and he play and he and he plays pretty good especially for a game the first time him playing this long and realistically yeah, last year yeah. he reclassed so last year he was a high school senior redshirt freshman he's really a true freshman in this age year. right so um i didn't expect it at all and i'm glad that he took advantage of the minutes um i'm hoping that you know this little stretch here will help because there's always you know those options and those rumors of people you know, transferring if they don't get enough playing time. But uh, hopefully this can, you know, prove to the coaching staff that he can get more minutes, extended minutes, and maybe, you know, you're looking at an Anselm, Jesse Edwards, you know, timeshare next year. Yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. But, you know, to his point, Samir, Benny, and Brahma need to get more minutes. Well, they got to be able to play better. And to Joe's point, and I don't know if I totally agree with Joe on this, but to give – Put, have Benny out there for some added defense because, you know, you may or may not be getting the offensive burn from Jimmy that we need. I mean, that's a possibility. But I would <laughs> – Benny's got to – obviously, he's not out there to score points, but my God, man. Like, you got a dunk coming at you. You got to lay that thing in. Well, and this is the issue that I think that – yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> I mean, he had a way easier one than Mutz did. Yeah. I thought the one that Mutz had was going to go through the tip of his fingers. Right. Somehow he finished that. But, um, again, you know, something's got to give because it's hard for me to believe that that starting lineup is the best defensive lineup possibly that we have, right? But then on the flip side, how many times you've heard from Coach throughout the post-game interviews and stuff that, you know, we're not ma- we're not we're losing games because we're not making stops. Okay, well, if that's the case – but then how come we don't have our maximum defensive at the end lineup out? Not even yeah. at the end. Well, I mean, at the end of, um, you know, at the end of a couple of games is where we've lost it. Right. Including, including, well, I guess that's my thing though, is, is like, there's one thing I look at it. Like last night's starting lineup, there's no way that that's the best possible starting five defensive lineup that you have. But is that, lineup versus the best defensive lineup that you have is that offensive difference or gap so bad that if you were to make that switch that you wouldn't come close to scoring enough points like I don't know you know what I mean like that's kind of what I'm trying to balance in my head because if you say we're losing because we're ma- we can't make stops then you should be putting in better defensive personnel yeah I agree uh, I mean there's got to be a balance it's not one all one way all the all the way to the left and one way all the way to the right as far as like the starting lineups goes. You know, you what's Samir be, get? Samir got seven minutes. Two CDB points. got four and Benny got three. And and Samir again finishing at the rim 
like a magician. I mean, those shots that he takes close to the rim are not easy. Because obviously he's yeah. short. That was over a big man, too. Yeah, exactly. He, does, he just has a nice touch far away. And he uses the backboard great. Well, you the know. problem is, is that we have players like Joe and Cole and Buddy, but mostly Joe and Buddy, like you saw last night, where they can just catch fire and go. We saw it last game where he was about to take Joe out after a bad first half, bad and he, first yeah, and shot then he hit in the a second three. half. Then all of a sudden he hit a three, and then he went off and was kind of like the Pulled main Samir off of the sideline. He was at the scores table. We were at the scores table when he went right back to the – yeah, exactly. So that's the type of players that they are. So, I mean, that's why it's always tough to put inside. But at the same time, we know that it helps us defensively. So, uh, One more here, and then we're going to go to Michael in the green room who has requested to speak. Uh, at Cuse Waterboy, our buddy Tony. Uh, momentum seemed to turn when Virginia Tech got the steel straight up slid across the court like a stone across the ice in Olympic curling. Uh, definitely a missed opportunity, though, with how Anselm stepped up for Edwards. Next game up. Yeah, I thought that, I always thought that you slid across the floor with the ball like that was a travel. I mean, I don't know. Am, am I wrong? Because I thought that would have been a travel. I think it all depends on when you touch the ball. The problem is, is that if you get in possession of the ball, then you fall to travel. But I don't think diving on the floor and then grabbing the ball is a travel. Because no. they, they, just, they just take into consideration the momentum is going to slide you 10 feet. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, look, I saw that, too, and I was like, what the hell, man? And he's probably right. That's about when things started to collapse. I love how, I love how they uh, – I think it was in the first half or early second half when uh, the broadcasters were like, oh, Syracuse is rattled because they – because they, um, they was I think it was tied and Virginia Tech got a couple of, couple of turnovers and went up by six and Bayheim called a timeout. But I mean we were down by like weren't we down by twelve and ended up coming up and going up by one and it's like you know it's just the whole thing yesterday with the broadcasters and <laughs> I hate being so salty about this with the broadcasters and the officiating is so annoying it's so annoying so um, you know. Um, no, they were talking good stuff about our shooters, though. They were, but it's just, I don't know. I just don't always feel the love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, anyways. Uh, Michael, if you would like to speak, do it now. You there? Hello. Can you hear me? Yep, I got gotcha. you. All right, cool. Long time no talk, you guys. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, seen you in there. Appreciate you popping in. Popping in, yeah, popping I'm out. Trying to, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get in there every chance I get. Uh, my daughter was born on the 9th. Oh, so. congratulations, dude. Thanks, man. Congrats, bud. That's awesome. Thanks. I just actually just texted Joe probably about 15 minutes ago seeing if you could give me some more koozies. I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I can. Koozies I know, galore I know over Joe here. Joe didn't look at it. Uh, I stopped. I stopped giving them all out. I just got lazy because I was making so many trips to the post office. But yeah, we we can hook that up for you, Michael. No problem. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? Well, what for, Syracuse or something? <laughs> what did you think? What did you think uh, about the game last night? And then uh, while you're here, I'm going to put you on the spot, and you're going to give me your prediction for Boston College. Oh, all right. Is is that one at that one's at the dome, right? Yes, it is. Yep. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Well, I agree with you on the officiating. It was ridiculous again. I was texting my buddy, and I was like, "Dude, typical ACC ref well, shenanigans going t- on." Teddy Valentine, typical Teddy Valentine. Oh my ref- god! Why does he always get our games? 
Why does he always get our games? I don't know. I'm waiting for Coach to go He's out an there ACC and just. Ref. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse out um, really hurt us. I, I think so. I, I think that game wouldn't have been close if Jesse was in there. You know, that was that was kind of like a last minute, like, oh no, you know, it was kind of like a real bummer. Um, oh yeah. But uh, there were were some opportunities that we missed. Um, Those, those, what was it, like three or four turnovers, like right in a row, those killed us. Yeah, I think I was just talking about that. That was the sequence there where the broadcasters decide, you know, came out and said, oh, Syracuse is rattled. Syracuse Uh, is rattled. And then we came back and like, what did we score, like six points in a row or something like that? And then we would have been fine. I mean, they eliminated a pretty big deficit. See, um, you know, Syracuse from three was 37%, which is excellent. They shot really good from three. The problem is, is they shot 37% from from two as well, which is not, is not enough. It's just not enough. 14 for 37 inside the arc. It's not good. Well, that's where Jesse's, you know, that's where Jesse's like eight to 15 points come in, you know, and we, we probably would have won that game by 10 if, if he was in, to be perfectly honest, nobody would have stopped him. But 21 to four on the, on the, um, on the free throw, free throw shots too, though. Oh dude. As Brennack says, free throws matter. That was brutal. Yeah. You got to actually have the opportunity to shoot him though, too. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that that was the whole thing. I was like, oh my god, the foul, the foul. They were calling touch fouls on us, and they were calling like they, they were bodying up on us on defense and slapping the slapping at the ball, and they weren't calling anything. And it, you know, like like you said, like I hate complaining about the refs, I really do, but it's just it's, it's atrocious. A, it, it's a cop out to complain about the refs, but mm. I'm just I don't I, I'm not blaming the <laughs> loss on that, but I'm just saying <laughs> what what Joe. No, I'm saying you can't blame the refs, no. right? But like at the same time, I mean, unless you're one of those fans that doesn't care what any reason or anything that happens, you know, you don't care about injuries, don't care about calls, don't care about any situation, like or how good the other teams are, like you just want to see them win no matter what. Um, then everybody else saw that. You didn't even have to be a fan of Syracuse team if you'd have just watched that game as a fan of basketball. You could have saw that and been like, "Damn, Syracuse is getting screwed." Yeah, objective fan. I, I mean, I got you know, Joe. You know, I, I got North Carolina fans down here. I got mm-hmm. Duke fans. I got you know, Duke fans are probably more annoying, but um, that you know, they're just like, oh, it is what it is, and it's like, well, you guys, you know, <laughs> we're playing a camera indoor. You're getting every call ever, and we lost by thirty. But, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I figured it out about a Duke fan is that as long as you can talk to them first about the fact that their team is pretty good, then they're cool with talking to you about your team. Yeah, that's, that's 100% <laughs> what, it's, what it is. And I'm like, oh, like, it's whatever. tool time right there. That sounds like tool time. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, so, hey, Joe, Joe, are you going to the North Carolina game? No. Oh, I got, no, I got an extra ticket. <laughs> no, February I don't know, man. man. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can go to uh, Chapel Hill. You just you might burst into flames, <laughs> possibly. Uh, all right. Well, hey, I'll probably m- end up taking my son though. Michael, let's get you. Let's get your thoughts on Boston College, Syracuse. Um, although it seemed like a little bit of a struggle at times, seventy three sixty four win. And um, Jesse, I think he had fourteen minutes in that game, right? So we can look at this thing. 
as objective as possible and say, you know, well, Jesse had 14 minutes in that game and we still pulled this thing out. And I think Frank's better in that in the in the foul category, although it got close. But we'll see how Sadibi is. But what do you think? Uh, game at noon on uh, ESPNU at home for Syracuse. Uh, what's your prediction? Uh, not great with the noon games. Um, I think they play better and later in the evening. But I think Frank, you're gonna. I think you're gonna see Frank uh, go leaps and bounds. To be perfectly honest, the way he played last game, he did great. Um, he was starting to get, you know, his positioning was better. Um, his rebounding was better. If you watch the last like five minutes of that game, um, he had a lot of rebounds towards the end of the game, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think, I think Frank's going to play the majority of the minutes. Um, and I think you'll start to see maybe a couple of alley-oops his way. Um, I think, I think he's got really good footwork too. Um, I'm definitely going to miss Jesse, but I, I think we pull pull this off no problem. The dome the dome's going to be you know the student section is going to come out. They're gonna they're gonna um, really ramp it up, and I, I they know we need this win. So I think I think we're going to pull it out at least by double digits. Honestly, we might even get in the 80s. Well, what do you? What, I, I what's think this? we're absolutely going to trash them. You, you got you got to give me the score, Michael. You got to do it. I need specifics. All right, I'm, I, so I'm gonna go optimist. I'm gonna go 82 to 68. Okay. All Deuce. Right. Okay. Cool. All right, Michael. Don't be I, a stranger, I man. Hear Tony. Huh? I want to hear Tony in there too. He's got to get a prediction. Yeah, Anthony. Where's your, where's your prediction? Sitting there, creep, yeah, being Anthony. a little, being a creep in the green room, just Literally creeping, just creep, creeping in the background. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael, <laughs> thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for hanging out in the green room and coming on. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, buddy. My my baby's sleeping, so <laughs> okay, <laughs> along can, with my wife. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's nap time for everybody except hey, for you. When you get time. All right, bud. All right, bud. All right, you guys, take care, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Let's see here. Let's 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 uh, go to Facebook. Ryan, turnovers were killer, especially in the latter minutes of the first half. Uh, that's a good point. Virginia Tech never really surrendered the momentum significantly after that. They Well, they did a little bit in the second half, I think. But, yeah, I mean, the end of the first half, the end of the second half were brutal for Syracuse. Uh, the first half with the turnovers and the second half with, with making shots. So, uh, Steven on Facebook says, This team has shown lots of grit and no quit. A couple of buckets at the end. You never know. Frank played really well, but late in the game, we just couldn't overcome some badly timed turnovers. And in the end, just uh, in in the end, just enough, not enough. Uh, whatever that means. So yeah, it obviously was not enough, <laughs> and uh, it sucked. Okay, but uh, like we mentioned pretty happy with Frank's performance and he's got a week to make it better and build off of that. And we'll see about Sadibi, but I am not too optimistic about that. Uh, Matthew on Facebook. My thought is all Bayheim's. Sh- my thought is all Bayheim's should not, I think it's cut off. There we go. should not come back next year. Well, I mean, let's be fair here. Let's be fair. Buddy is buddy is pretty damn good. Right, I mean, the dude's averaging, averaging, nineteen points a game, <laughs> perfectly fine with Buddy coming back. And like Joe said, Jimmy's thing is, it's just I haven't just I just haven't seen the improvement. I guess is 
kind did you say that on here or was that to me personally I no i mean i said it on here okay um so i just haven't seen the the improvement um since the beginning of the year it came out really good but he's just kind of stayed around that and um it's just i don't know man. it's just based it's all of it's based on expectations right it's right just, exactly. that's what it was i don't think there was a lot of expectations earlier in the season just like there was a lot of expectations for benny because he was a four or five star right, right. so i think in the beginning of the year there's a lot of surprises uh but now <clears throat> after a little while when you see you know what a, what a player is and you know, by now in the season, you know, they've either progressed into something or, you know, they might not hit that stride. You, I mean, you never know. It could happen at any point. But, I mean, him being a fifth-year senior or fourth-year senior or whatever, um, I mean, he is the player that he is. And, you know, I just think that since he caught up to expectations now, any, any bad play or bad, or, you know, missed shot he has kind of looks bad to the fans. I feel like any criticism you had about Bayheim after this game – and you can say what you want, and people are going to be like, oh, well, you're always uh, back in Bayheim. Well, I've said plenty of things about Bayheim that puzzled me this year, uh, especially this year. But yeah. I, think the, hey, look, there's- I think the one thing that you can say, though, Joe, is if you, if you listen to the press conference, and I played some of it, I played some couple good chunks of it, what he says makes complete sense. And the game yeah. plan that they had for Virginia Tech was a good game plan, and it made a ton of sense. And it worked except the fact that they didn't score. I mean, they're held way below their average points, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't score. And it wasn't even the fact... Like, the defense is tough. Okay, Virginia Tech's defense is tough. But they had the, they had the opportunities in the open looks. They just didn't mm-hmm. go down, right? Yeah. And, and, and that is... Is that Coach's fault? I mean, and I know, I know Matthew is not a huge fan of... Matt, at Matt in the Hat on Twitter, by the way. Uh, I know that he's not a huge fan of Coach, and that's fine. Um, you know, I just don't know what the alternative is. And until I have yeah. some kind of idea, I'm going to just hang my hat on what we got. Yeah, it's just because, I mean, I know I've had conversations you know, with him as well in the past, and it's just I think some people are just – they want to see – it different like they look at it like basketball's change you got to change with the times and if you kind of if you don't you get left you left behind right and since we've joined the ACC you can see that we've kind of I mean our first year in the ACC I believe was Tyler Ernest this year when we started off whatever 22 or 23 or whatever 24 and 0 or whatever and, 0, and we it? had that whatever it was and we've pretty much just gone downhill from the regular season from then on out and obviously there's losing Mike Hopkins and there's losing the the scholarships and everything like that but uh, there's fans out there that are just kind of not that they're not a fan of of Coach Beheim, but more or less it's just time to turn over the reins, kind of get get with the times, and you know they they want to see a change. And you know, and part of me, I, I kind of understand, and I can't blame them, but I just I'm to the point I'm just somewhat to the point where like you know, I, I feel like he's allowed to he's he's allowed to stay until he wants to. Um, and, and you know, there's going to be those fans that think that they're going to blame coach anyway, no matter what he says, because you know what, what he says in the press conferences do make sense, but fans don't want to hear, Oh, well, you know, we have limitations or, Oh, to win the game, we have to do this. Like fans expect like, Hey, it's your job to compile a roster that can go out there and win and go to the tournament and try to make a run. Um, they don't care about excuses in the beginning because once you get into the season, Hey, this is your roster. If they're not winning, that's your fault. 
you know, and yeah. that's how some fans are going to look at it because they expect to win every single year. And if you're not compiling a, a roster that can win, then they want. And if you want to, if you want to use the the whole nepotism thing and and all of that, when maybe Jimmy's getting more minutes than he than he should, I think that's fair. But I mean, Buddy, I mean, Buddy's kind of good. Buddy's pretty good. Buddy, yeah, Buddy should be getting good. the minutes that he should be getting. And um, honestly, you know, I think a lot of people, if Benny would have panned out as a legit, you know, top four-star, five-star guy and, and, and progressed to the point where we were confident and Bayheim was confident and put him in, in there, like there's no doubt in my mind um, that he would be – Maybe, like I said, maybe not starting over Jimmy, but he would be getting at least, minutes, maybe, splitting, at least splitting the minutes, right? Yeah, and Cole might be taking a little bit more of a breather and stuff like that. But Jimmy wouldn't be getting 36 minutes a game. Right. Um, Brian, on Facebook, Cole and Jimmy were not good on either end of the floor. And my God, TV Ted and the crew were horrible. Yes, awesome. Brian, yes. Uh, top fan Steve on Facebook. Oh, that's really loud. Top fan Steve on Facebook. Swider a no-show on offense. Frank was adequate an adequate replacement. Defense was horrible, along with TV Ted and his incompetence. Uh, needed all the offense to be there. Didn't produce. I mean, defense, I didn't think was terrible. I don't think it was horrible. I mean, obviously, it could always be better. But, oh, uh, no. you know, yeah, the offense didn't produce at the end. And, I mean, we're beating a dead horse at this point. Obviously, that was the, the big problem. Well, we needed Cole, right? Cole, yeah, we Cole, still could have overcame points. all those yeah. things if he would have just shot like he had been shooting. Yeah. And, you know, then you look at his box score and he has 10 rebounds. And you're like, oh, well, he did contribute, actually, right? And Virginia Tech, realistically, is really lucky that Justin Mutz can pass the way that he can in the middle of that zone. Because... He had some great passes yesterday that most people at the free throw line can't make, even point guards. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely um, he was Ken Palm's MVP. Definitely a talent. He had a triple double, dude. Yeah. He did all that and and persuaded refs. That's, that's yeah. excellent. And persuaded refs, refs, and it was the last player that we, the last starter that we talked about um, in our preview. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Gerard on Facebook, Valiant Effort. They just didn't have the athleticism, athleticism to handle pressure in your face defense. Stop all the dribbling. Buddy uses the same moves in the lane and he continually gets ambushed. And Buddy's not great down there, but sometimes he surprises you. But when you, it's like one of those things where you see him doing it, you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes he yep. surprises you, right? And sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. no, please, God, no. Uh, so anyways, uh, all right, last one. And then we're going to get into our picks. We're already running a little over here. I didn't think this would run this long, but that's okay. Uh, we kind of went long on the montage on purpose cause we weren't doing a full preview since we already did that a couple games ago. Uh, Daryl on Facebook, Daryl, um, says the continued shit show. Well, I mean, I, re- I don't think so. I coming off of a four game win streak. And when we talked, okay, um, we talked about these next eight games back when we were, what was it, Pitt? Or the game after Pitt? Oh, no, it was the game after Duke, right? So where we, yeah. where we, started, where we started, and that was Florida State. And we started saying, well, if these next eight games we can go six and two, that would be fantastic. And that's still a possibility, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, I don't think... I don't think it was a crap show or anything. It's a valiant effort, like uh, Gerard was saying, but it just was 
not enough. And uh, you're, you're using a backup center who's never started all year. Uh, I think, what did, what did Frank average in minutes coming into the game? Uh, I could tell you what he averaged after. I don't know what he averaged coming in, but he averaged 11.4 after his 36 minutes last night. So that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. And he did a fantastic job, in my opinion. Just He's not going to make up the offensive end of things yet, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think that we've seen steps you know, throughout the year. We've seen... Like I talked about it earlier this earlier this podcast about the offensive limitations we had with Jesse, and then Jesse figured it out, right? And then we got to take a step back and learn how to play offense with Anselm for this many minutes and uh, figure out what he can do and what he can't do, so that we can you know run our offense and make you know score some points because uh, last night wasn't going to cut it, you know. But obviously, if it was another Colgate Georgetown Pittsburgh effort, but I um, mean you know, on the road against a Virginia Tech team and. Being able to come back from double digits a couple different times and, and <laughs> tie the game late uh, with that type of uh, you know disparity from the the offensive or, you know free throw line right um, and really realistically we were just missing Cole I thought I mean Cole that was one of those things where you know Cole's been playing great and uh, you lose Jesse Edwards so you figure all right everyone's gonna step up right everyone's gonna step up for Jesse and and you know kind of make up for what we're going to be missing and losing because of him. And, uh, he, he didn't and unfortunate. And you could have got a little bit more from Jimmy as well. Uh, so again, you don't want to use the refs as when the other team scores 16 more points than you from the free throw line. I mean, that's, that's tough and 15 more points off of turnovers. I mean, that's, that's some tough numbers, uh, to compete with, especially on the road against a good team. So, um, you can call it a shit show if you want. It all depends on, uh, you know, the eyes that you're looking at it through. Um, whether or not your I said it's twenty twenty or not, it's oh, some people are super else. negative and they're just like well, they just like the putting the negative, uh, just throwing the the negative zingers out there, and they just some people just don't have anything positive to say. Well, and it goes fought, back to it goes fans, right. Sure, sure, absolutely, and it just goes back to some people are tired of of Jim Beheim as coach and they want to see something different. I think that's what has a lot to do with it. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that and right. Like everyone just, I mean, there's some people like we, like you said, with Matt and the hat and everything else, like they don't even want to hear the fact that, okay, you built it so you can ruin it or you can this or you can that. Like, I just think it comes down to that. Um, they look at it as what Beheim says is excuses. And, you know, I look at it like you know, Beheim's earned the right to, <clears throat> to be here for as long as he wants. And if he wants to go to a press conference and explain the reasons why we lost the game, um, versus calling them just excuses, then, uh, you know, that's that's just that's my temperament and where I come from. There's other fans that just, like we said, they're not going to want to deal with it. You know, they expect a good product every single year, and they don't want to hear excuses. Well, that's, um, that's, that's, you know, that's being a fan. I mean, you have – that's a bipolar situation. <laughs> well, when it comes down to it, too, this is the problem. The problem is, is that some people don't think about it because at the end of the day – um, nobody's seen this. I mean, I don't want to say nobody, but most living people haven't seen this program without Jim Beheim in it. So right. it's a situation where, um, so you have a bad you year. Know. You got both his kids on the team. You feel like he made a mistake with some of the recruits yeah, last year, letting people go. It's a bad year. I mean, the problem it's, is, is like, well, like even the, like the last couple years compared like last year, right? We yeah. made the tournament. We made the tournament, right? right? We barely got sweet in sweet 16. This, this and that sweet 16. Now me and you, 
happier than a pig and shit. Great season, right? I mean, it kept us on our toes, all that. Those pe- other people, they they want to go back to the Big East days, the three, the four, the five seeds guaranteed. Yeah, every the conference, year. the conference championship games, the, right? You know, just yeah. the regular seasons being way up there, being ranked. You know, yeah. and I get that, but like, it's a different day and age. We're in a different conference, and there's not excuses. There are reasons why, other than Jim Beheim still being at the program, as to why we aren't doing that anymore. Um, it's one of those things where they always talk about, right? The, uh, um. The enemy you know, right? And uh, I think that's just really something that some people might think about. You know, some people say it, the grass isn't always greener. Well, sometimes some people just feel a little bit more comfortable with the enemy they know versus the enemy they don't know. So um, people can say this all they want, but what happens next? Do you get a Jerry McNamara or an Adrian Autry or a Mike Hopkins that comes in and does the same exact thing as Jim Beheim, and then you're bitching the same way next year? Or are they going to blow it up? Are they going to blow up the family? Everything that Syracuse is about. The fact that uh, yeah, all these the, the ex- staple of Syracuse. Do yeah. this, right? right. Are they going to blow it up and just bring some hot shot coach that got nothing to do with it and use their brand to come in and try? I mean, I feel like that's what some people want. And it's, that's a tough situation because you're talking about an old school kind of way of building a program, the way that Jim Beheim's built a program and the family and the players can come back. And every you you go and you hire some hot shot bozo that's not involved in this then you lose all that but then on top of that now think about that pressure what's he gonna do the pressure the recruiting the rebranding like that's a whole lot of stuff to go through that's a whole rebrand right so again this is a touchy subject when just oh i don't want Bayheim here there's a lot of questions and a lot of holes you need to patch up there first not not a whole whole lot of really really good coaches are going to be working for a Bayheim salary no, just, just go go compare Beheim's salary to uh, a Shashevsky or, and I know we can be like, oh, Shashevsky is way better. Well, I mean, you 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 take Jim Beheim and you put him at Duke twenty years ago, and he's probably doing the same damn thing. I mean, Duke is branded as Duke before Shashevsky, right? No, and who's there? Did they blow it up, or does he have a bench full of ex players, and he just went on to the next one? So right. again, it's a situation where. Um, it all depends on what you want, what you want to see, you know, because I see some of these fans that are like, oh, man to man, this, this and that. They we said it last night on TV. It. All they need to switch to man to man. They don't know. They don't know. It's like, well, but what? they do. Like, do some research before you broadcast the game then. Right. And like I said, I'm, not, I'm right there. Like, these games are frustrating. I want to be better. This year, we knew we were going to be down, you know, but at the end of the day, we're still seven and seven. And think about all the other teams that are worse than us. Think about there's teams out there that, make an NCAA tournament once every 10, 15 years, right? So at the end of the day, I mean, we are still a spoiled fan base, and um, it's a fan base. I mean, our team's been going down a little bit, so the fans, they want to be more relevant. And because we're not as relevant as we were in the Big East, it's becoming a big problem. Um, And realistically, there's a bunch of these things. I promise you, the coach that you're going to get for Beheim's salary, you're going to want Beheim back in half a year. Yeah, I mean, some of them, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want that change, we're going to have to we'd have to get rid of him and we'd have to open up the pocketbooks unless we're going to keep Adrian Autry or, or Jerry McNamara coming in, keep the family going. And then most likely you're going to see a lot of the same style of basketball. Right. If those guys stay. Yeah, you will. Yeah. The, the difference is if you bring Hopkins back, 
and you keep Autry and McNamara, and I don't want to go into the whole thing here, but you end up, uh, battery saver mode, uh, you end up with um, the same type of thing, but maybe with the possibility of some better recruiting. And we've yeah, talked sorry, about man. That. Sorry, I wanted a tirade there, yeah, but you I'm did. just saying, like, you, you have You're to kind of understand right as fans that, you the know, time. you got to be able to look at some of that stuff. Time's right? ticking. Some of us, you know, want to watch the Super Bowl tonight, Joe. Oh, here we go. We well, still got two the, and a half hours. That, well, look, well, with you, with you, you oh, never know. stop it. I'm trying to find my cord to plug a computer in, and I can't seem to find it. Uh, all right, so uh, Boston College, Joe. I'll find it here in a second. Boston College, since losing to Syracuse, okay, Boston College has has played one game against Duke. They lost that. They sit 11th in the ACC at 9-14 and 4-9 and and in the ACC. Uh, the Golden Eagles are 169 in the net, in the net rankings making this a quad four game at home. By the way, a, a, a missed opportunity for a quad one win yesterday, too. We talked about that going into the game, but um, just unfortunate. Syracuse has not lost a quad four game this season, and uh, at this point, we got to win these games that we should before this final stretch coming up. So, And I mentioned it you know, with Boston College coming up and Georgia Tech uh, currently feeding at the bottom of the ACC. Um those two teams would be finishing up this eight-game streak that we've kind of focused on. And we've talked about finishing six and two. And regardless of the teams you beat or the teams you lose against at six and two, we feel like that's a good place to be after those eight games. And it's still in sight. So you've got a couple, couple cush games and they're, they're within reach. Okay. They're both at home. Uh, starting with the second game against Boston College. So, Joe, uh, we're not going to relive the... I mean, you could say a little piece if you would like. Not much has changed other than Jesse Edwards being out uh, mm. uh, 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 for us. Um, but, like I said, he only played 14 minutes, I think, against Boston College the first time on February 8th. So, you know, they had a good game plan for that, and they can try that again. Hopefully, um, Frank's a little bit smarter than Jesse was. Some bad fouls, and Jesse committed some bad fouls in that game. And we talked a little bit. I mean, we're splitting hairs with whether they were good or bad. didn't matter. Um, but with that said, Joe, how do you see this? Before you, before you give me your prediction, though, it is, it is my turn. I'm going to do the math. I should have already done. But I was so enthralled by everything you had to say today. I have not done the math. On last game, because you're just so your brilliance just awed me today. It's amazing. Your dick. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, talk. That means you need to talk so I could do this. (laughs) Look, so I guess the main thing that I was looking at is you know remember uh, Quentin Post, the big man that came off the bench. Yeah, killed us. Yeah, killed us. Didn't play against Duke. Uh, Don't know why. Trying to kind of see that but um they also play a game at notre dame on wednesday um on espnu at seven o'clock so uh it's definitely going to be something that i kind of tune into real quick just kind of see who's playing uh, see if post is playing again or if they mentioned something about um what the deal is with him um but kind of helps us out a little bit we get a week off um to kind of figure some stuff out and they got to play a game so uh, other than that, I don't really see you know anything changing too much. And from the first game, um, I expect you know a home game, a home win. And um, I, can I just give my 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, hold on, hold on. You went first last time. So, uh, just to be fair, unless you want to go, it doesn't matter. But uh, I will say that uh, real quick here, I did win. So, we are now tied up at six and six and one. Six, six and one. And actually, if you really want to come down to it, Geo beat us both with his score. So, for what it's worth. But Geo's not, <laughs> Geo's not playing for the season. So, um, Congrats, Geo. Yeah, good job, buddy. So, okay. Uh, look, Boston College doesn't impress me. Talked about Quentin Post. I don't know what's up with that either. I did not notice that, though. So, thanks for bringing it up because I didn't even look at it. Um, but this is a team still averaging 65 points a game. They've got the extra game in between us. We've got a week off. We're going to be fresh. They're coming to see us. I don't see us losing this game. It'd be a real cause for concern if we did. And, uh, you know, obviously going into Georgia Tech is almost a gimme, although nothing's a gimme, but you know what I mean. So I I will say, I would say Syracuse pulls this off at home. And with the way they played against Virginia Tech, if they played like that against Boston College, they win. And uh, hands down, it, with the foul disparity, in my opinion. You don't think so? You think that's a push? I don't know. It'd be close. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's probably true. But I'm, but no one will ever know because no one can ever prove me wrong. So that's exactly. what, that's what I'm going to stick to. Uh, I, I, think, I think Syracuse ups their offensive game a little bit. And they win this thing 82 to 72 at home. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I think it's going to be a home game. Excitement's going to be there, uh, especially after a week. So you're going to have fresh legs uh, from from everything I know. No one's hurt. Hopefully, Barama can get in a little bit of shape come this week. I, I mean, if and, he could uh, give 10 minutes, that would be – or 8 minutes. 8 to 10. If he no, could I mean, give, it depends on what kind of minutes they are, though, right? Well, I mean, yes. Uh, 8 to 10 good ones, solid ones. He's got to be able to come meaningful in ones. and play defense, rebound, rebound, and just play and foul defense. people so they don't finish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, make them go earn it hard at two point line after a hard uh, foul. Uh, I see this kind of going a little bit like the first time they played. First time they played, I think it was seventy three, sixty two, or something like that. Um, and uh, I don't think it's going to be that much off Boston College. I feel like they really just need to they need to go on fire to uh, 73-64 from three-point land. Um, and then their big men really got to play good. If Quentin Post doesn't play, I mean, Karnick really didn't do too much at their starter uh, first time we played. So I kind of see it around the same. But I'm I'm going to go Syracuse 75, uh, Boston College 62. Okay. All right. Well, trying to undercut me, thinking this is going to be a lower-scoring game, Try to get you back in the lead. That's fine. I mean, it's just, I'm just going off of kind of, you know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, Joe, thanks for making time for us today. Thanks for blessing us with your presence for the Virginia Tech post game. What I do uh, wrong? What I do? Nothing. I'm thanking you. What do you mean? Uh, Calm down. Jeez. I can never Uh, tell if you're being serious or sarcastic. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, I'm glad we could get it done early because it is the Super Bowl. It was almost going to be a situation where we'd have to push it to tomorrow. I don't want to have to do that. Maybe there's a chance we can sneak uh, Tyler in to talk about nothing, just uh, 
do an episode in the middle of the week. What do you think? Jeff? Oh, that's cool with me, man. Okay. All right. So, all right. Well, we'll try to, we'll try to work that out so we don't have to take a whole week off, but, um, we'll try to get back here in mid midweek ish. Uh, but Syracuse going to have to redeem themselves against Boston college. And uh, an ugly win is a win, but I don't see it being an ugly win. I think they, they handle themselves at Boston College. I don't care how yeah. ugly it is. I, I know. I know. We want to get, get we, a W. Yeah, just get a W. Get two games to the good overall and one game to the good in ACC over 500. And um, that'll, be, that'll be worth it to me, right? So uh, we appreciate all of you for tuning in and hanging out with us. Appreciate everybody in the green room. Tony and Michael for coming on. Um, Get there. Download the app. Get in the green room. You see what you see how it is. You see how it works. Get in there. Hang out with us during fan feedback. We appreciate it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.